0: Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Summary. We hope that it blesses you. What is the title of today's sermon? For those of you that were here this morning, we are talking about. Thank you. Less is more. Where volume is concerned, that does not apply. In that case, more is more. So, less is more is more. Now, those of you that are here this morning, I hope that you have been home this afternoon and totally decluttered your wardrobes. John, you now have at least three less coats, don't you? He's looking at me. He's probably only got one. Okay, right. So for those of you that haven't got a clue what I'm talking about, you need to go home and listen to Ron's sermon on catch-up because he talked about the stuff. And I'm sorry, this might be a bit repetitive for some of you, but tonight I am also going to talk about stuff, because God has been talking to me a lot about stuff. And I'm not talking to you about coats, because Ron did that this morning. Um, I'm going to talk to you about food. Uh, But before than that, let's read the Bible. Um, So Ecclesiastes is where we are. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Um, So first of all, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. I'm going to read verses 4 to 6 to give you some context. Then I observe that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors, but this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Fools fold their idle hands, leading them to ruin. And yet, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. The New International Version says at verse 6, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Contentment is what the Bible refers to a lot, that tranquility, that peace. But does our stuff... Give us that piece. Um, now just close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to picture your fridge. Okay? So we're in the kitchen, we're going up to the outside of the fridge. And um, I don't know what yours is, whether it's you know one of those little tabletop ones or a little camping one, or if it's, you know, a nice swish-white one, an integrated one, or one of those great big American larder fridges. And you're standing outside it now, um, with me, just open the door. And what do you see there? Is your fridge nicely organized? Alphabetized? Yes. Nisha's going, yes, that's why she's going to be, the the fridge here is going to be amazing. (laughs) She's got the dairy on the top because that's where you're supposed to put the dairy. It's the only thing I can remember. Dairy is supposed to be on the top and meat supposed to be on the bottom. The uncooked stuff on the bottom. And in between that, it's a (laughs) free-for-all. And not in her house. It's good. But are you one of these people? Do you know you have the one pack of butter, the bacon, just enough for tomorrow's dinner, tomorrow's breakfast, one pot of jam, tomato ketchup, a little bit of salad because you're on a healthy diet. Or is your fridge a bit like mine, which is, is not one of those great big larder ones, but is, is sizable. And um, when you open the door, you sort of have to get ready to let go of the door and catch whatever's coming out. Because we went to Tesco's the day before when everything was reduced to 20p, and you've got to have it. Because you have to be prepared. Because it, it might come in handy. And are you like me who when you got in from church at, at one o'clock at lunchtime today and you were hungry because you'd been here a long time, all you wanted to do was find something quick to eat and you've got to go through the uncooked steak that needs four hours to cook and the, to find that raw mushroom that is very unappetizing but it, it yeah. Yeah. How much stuff have you got? I come from a generation, sorry, my, my generation. My parents both lived through the Second World War. My dad lived through the First World War. They lived through austerity. They lived through the boom and bust of the 80s. They are people who prepared, who saved who bought things when it was a bargain. Our cupboards were full to bursting just in case. In case somebody came round. You had to think before you threw anything out. And if you broke it, you had to mend it first. Things had great value. I was taught to value the things I had because it wasn't going to be replaced and to save for the things I wanted. I was told that it's my responsibility to get the money, to get the stuff and to plan for my future. How many others of you grew up in a household like that? So when we went to work in the eighties or nineties, we took our pensions seriously. On the first day at 18, we took our pensions out because that was the sensible thing to do. We saved our income. We put it all away for a rainy day. Familiar? How did I choose my career? Well, my dad chose my career. He says, you're good with numbers, and you want a sensible job that's gonna be future-proof. Where did he send me? Into a bank. Was he right? But that was the thing, that was the mindset. You have got to do this because it's safe. You've got to make sure you're all right for the future. When I had my son, I went back to work. I didn't really have much option. We would have been, uh, our mortgage would have been repossessed if I hadn't. But I had a choice to make about how many hours I wanted to work. And in my head was always, well, I've I've got to make sure we've got enough money. And everybody was telling me, well, you you don't want to get out of the workplace too much because you might never get back again. Because, you know, mums, once they're out of the workplace, they've lost that career place. Be safe. Be planning. Be holding on to everything all the time. My parents, as I've said before, weren't Christians. I had become a Christian at the age of 18, and I can probably safely say that they never ever taught on money. I did know that I was supposed to give 10%, so I budgeted, because of course I budgeted to the penny, because that's what I was brought up to do, and I put my money aside. But I always made sure that I could pay for everything else before I made sure that 10% went. I've got to look after my family. I've got to make sure we were all okay. So I cluttered, I hoarded. Now, my son and husband are both here and they know that I say this, so don't go, they're collectors. When Ed was small, he had a train set he had a wooden Brio train set. Well, we had the Tesco's version because it was cheaper. He had the take-along train set. He had the Tomy train set. He had the double-O gauge train set. David had the Tomy train set. Um, how many more train sets? And then we had the big, chunky Thomas train sets Because we could. Because we collected Did we need it? No. Could we find what we wanted half the time? No. Stuff. It controls us. We become the people that are trying to get more stuff. We focus on what we can get For me, it's not about brand. Somebody says to me, oh, that's a nice jacket, and I go to boot fair, Sainsbury's, charity shop, but I like variety, so I'm sorry, my cupboard is a bit, um, <clears throat> and then I do have a loft with um, well various sizes because we like food, so the sizes have to go in and out, which is more stuff which is controlling us because we look to that. We don't have any space anymore. We don't have space for the things that look amazing. Have you been into one of those galleries where they've got this amazing sculpture or piece of art and all around it is just white space? I'd be lucky if I could fit a little piece like this in And so everything that is beautiful gets hidden in the clutter and can't be seen for what it is. God called me to do something and it was going to require me moving house and I was prevaricating. And it took me a year to work out why I was prevaricating. It was because of the thought of clearing out our loft. Because I wasn't actually sure what was up there, and I remembered that the last time we moved, it had taken the removal men somewhat by surprise, just how much you could bring down the loft ladder. And so instead of being able to go forward into what God wanted for me, into that amazingly brilliant thing, I was being held back by the stuff that was holding me. The physical stuff that I didn't even want anymore, but I hadn't got the energy to sort out. It clouded my view. Stuff can be physical, or stuff can be mental. So much we talk here of how much we hold on to in our heads. And my view of stuff is in my head. I've had to set it free, but it's hard. You can guarantee that if I put a book in the charity shop bag, next week that will be the one book that I want. But, with eBay, I can generally get it back, (laughs) eventually. But where's the space in our lives? Where's the spaciousness in our lives? Recently, I was looking um, at a job advert and I was thinking, should I go for this job or not? And I looked at the criteria, and I went down the criteria again, and I thought, I can do that, and 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 I can do that. And for once in my life, I actually reckoned I could do it all. But I also looked and thought, actually, but I can also do that, 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 and that, and that, and it's not in that job. That job isn't spacious enough for me. God wants us all to be in a spacious place where we can grow, where we can have more added into us. I've been reading, and I did want to flap this book at you because this book is amazing Circle Maker. I know that some of the kids' teams have been using this a while ago. And uh, this book is about prayer. If you want to be challenged, read this book. It is a really easy read, but it is a very challenging read. And this book is about expanding your boundaries and your goals. Well, that's how it spoke to me. It challenged me to have bigger dreams. It challenged me to make more space, to believe that I could achieve those things. But one bit that really hit me was the writer talking about how you have to get rid of stuff so that God can give you more. And how, if you can do it all in your own strength, there isn't any space for God to work. It's challenging. It is really nice. So you could all say, right, we're coming to Joy at Kempton. We're really happy to man a bouncy castle. And I'm going to be coming up to you and saying, actually, you told me last week your gift was evangelist. No way you're manning a bouncy castle. We need to be stretched. And we need to give God space to give to us. When was the last time you stepped out, believing that you couldn't do it? When was the last time you got rid of stuff, got rid of the fear? When was the last time you asked God to challenge you? Financially, spiritually, relationally, when did you last make space? Yes, got the hang of this finally. We are going to listen to a song. And what I'd like you to do is hold out your hands and just consider how full they are. Are they empty? They just need something in them. God's asked you to do something, and you have got nothing. Are they really closed because you're holding on to something tightly, preciously? Are they like you're holding a little chick? You know how they do it on the TV, don't they? They have the chick in one hand and they just cup it. Are you gently looking after that? But that chicken's got to get bigger and fly. Or are you a bit like that person? Those of you of my age will remember Cracker Jack. I say Cracker Jack. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. <laughs> exactly. Do you remember the game with the cabbages? Yeah? The prize game at the end. Sorry for those of you that are younger and don't remember this. But the game was if they got the questions right, they got a prize. And if they got the questions wrong, they got a cabbage. And they had to hold on to these things. And you didn't want the cabbages because they were really difficult to hold on to when you were trying to hold on to the prizes. What cabbages are you holding on to? What sort of prizes? You know, is it not I can't hold it in my hands anymore? I'm holding it like this. So when God says, look, you know, there's this amazing thing I want to give you. You've got to make that choice. You're going to let all this go so you can receive it. Or have you got space? So we're going to Listen. And just think, what is God asking you to give up? What is God asking you to put away so that you've got the space for what he wants to give you? What stuff, what physical stuff, what money are you relying on because you think that's what you need to do? But also, what emotional stuff are you relying on because you think that's what you need to do? We're going to listen to the song... Um, invite you to pray. If you want to pray with your neighbors, if you want to um, find somebody from the prayer team, they'll stand up at the back there. But think about what is it that God is promising to give you if you just put some of that stuff away? If you stop focusing on the need to grab stuff and focus instead on the one who is at the heart of what we're here about Jesus. For more information about St Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.